Welcome to episode two of Hard Eyes, the podcast about fictional crushes. I'm your host, Lilzy Trashheap, and before I get started, I thought it might be a pretty good time to tell you about a really cool opportunity you have to give me money. Hard Eyes is a monthly podcast that is available free of charge. That is pretty cool, except that it does require time, energy, and money to create and maintain. However, you can help out with this by becoming a supporter of Hard Eyes on Patreon. There are a bunch of different reward tiers with different rewards, which range from access to exclusive bonus content for every episode to original art and writing made just for you by me. Check it out at patreon.com slash hard eyes. The money will go to helping me make this podcast better and potentially happen even more than once a month, which is the goal ultimately. Thanks. I am joined in this episode by illustrator, writer, comics creator, and cool pal Elizabeth Simmons. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess we could continue our, our, our argument about Sailor Moon. That sounds fine. Um, for the listeners at home. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to explain your stance? Yes. So my stance, uh, which is indicated by the uh, the Babs Tar fan art that I have hanging on my wall, uh, I take a hard Sailor Venus slash Sailor Mars stance, uh, which I would argue is canonical in the books. Right. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, okay. So here's the thing about me is that I'm a fake Sailor Moon fangirl. Like I didn't, get into Sailor Moon when I was younger because uh, I wasn't cool enough to like watch anime um, and I always wanted to be but I just wasn't and which I guess is like showing you how uncool I was because <laughs> that's like pretty uncool <laughs> but, but like but I, so I only I've only watched like half of the, the anime um, and but I've read uh, the whole comic and okay. so my much of my like shipping comes from the comic rather than the show. Well, that explains a lot. And I was actually <laughs> going to ask you about that um, because I did some research because I'm not a monster. I wanted to see where you were coming from. Uh, and I searched, you know, Ray Minako slash. Yeah. And yeah, that it is, there's like a whole argument. Um, and Ray, Ray is Sailor Mars. Uh, Minako is Sailor Venus. Um and there's a whole, there's a whole, you know, like strong, you know, line in the sand. It's like, yes, this was canon. They love each other. There's these moments in the in the manga where they like, you know, where it's clear that they like they're together and they have a, like a really strong friendship in the in the manga. At the end of it, um, they say to like some dudes, uh, I don't like. I think they're just random dudes. Uh, one, I don't remember if it was Ray or Mina, but. They're like, one of them says like, one of the dudes says like, do you have a boyfriend or something to, to one or both of them? And then they say, no, like, actually we don't need men at all. And their arms are around each other. And they're like, do you understand? <laughs> and then the guys are like, yep. <laughs> Get it. Um, and like, and Ray's whole thing, like she's boy crazy in the anime, but in the, in the manga, she is like, she hates men. Yeah. She's like super misandrous, like, like refuse, like has no interest in dating men and like specifically hates them. Um, yeah. 
well. And she has her ravens. Like, I have read some of the manga. I haven't, I didn't get that far. Um, And the thing is that Usagi is so, she's so lovely in the manga, but she's so straight and so, like, kind of sweet and competent. um, Yeah. That I just did not, like, I, um, I also was not an anime fan really much as a kid. Um, Because of access, you know, like. Yeah, that's why. I don't know how people, I mean, did people just come home, like, every day from school and watch, like, three hours of anime on whatever channel it was on? I mean, I'm jealous. Yeah. I wish I had done that. I mean, I think that, you know, like, I'm an only child, so a lot of people I know who had, like, access to anime had, like, older siblings or, like, older people in their lives who could, like, go to the, you know, the stores and, like, get the VHS, um, because the fan, like, fan subbing has been happening forever, yeah. And I had no way of accessing that stuff. Um, I mean, maybe yeah. I could have. But by the time I was old enough, I was like, my my values were in all the wrong places. I was very, very concerned about being a cool... Me too. A cool hipster kid. I so I to know that I... Actually, the only time that I ever bought... I bought like three anime OVAs like in my life because they just happened to be the ones that were like at the GameStop near me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in middle school, and one of them I remember was uh, the Revolutionary Girl Utna uh, movie. Oh my god! Which, <laughs> which I, I knew nothing about, and I just chose it randomly. And then I watched it. I was like twelve. Um, I was super like that. Was like right around when I like realized I was queer, but I was I would remain closeted about it for another like ten years, um, and I. <laughs> I took this Revolutionary Girl Utena DVD home and I watched it like on my porch and was just like mortified. Like I was so terrified that my parents would walk in. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the movie? Uh, I have started to watch the movie. Um, so yeah, no, I, I got it. Um, you should have just, I mean, I wish you could have seen like the hugeness of my eyes when you were <laughs> telling me that story. Um, because... I didn't see Utena until I was in my early 20s Um, and like well established in my, you know, trajectory of like, you know, gender and sexuality weirdness. Um, But I remember watching the series like in my parents' kitchen, um, like, oh my God, I'm having so many feelings now. I can't imagine watching this as a teenager. I would have lost my fucking shit. It was very confusing. It was very confusing. Well, first of all, the movie itself, like I watched it again a couple years ago because I was like, this is probably a lot less weird than I remember it being, but it's even weirder. Like it makes no sense on any level. Um, (laughs) As you probably know, at the the climax of the movie. Spoiler um, alert, listeners. Everyone knows this, but if you don't, yeah, you might want to turn off for a second, but I mean, it makes no sense, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Utna and Anthony turn into cars, um, like gay cars. Yeah. And like, that's how it ends, kind of. Yep. And at the time, I was like, what is happening? Um, But I was also like, horrified by how, by like, there were like two naked girls entwined, like on the screen. And I was just like, oh my God, my parents are going to walk and like see what I'm watching like I'm gonna have to play it off and it's gonna be a whole thing but but yeah it was it was almost as confusing when I watched it as a fully formed adult as when I watched it as a teen just for different reasons 
but uh but yeah no that was my like my main anime access i mean that like that's a pretty good one (laughs) it's definitely an uh it left an impression for sure yeah um i I mean i watched the dick uh sailor moon dub when it was airing um with friends i didn't watch it on my own but I, i did watch some of it um, and I played like, um, I was, it was like 98. So I was still, I was eight about to turn nine, um, like 97, 98, uh, I was eight in third grade. Um, and I had a friend and we played this like Sailor Moon inspired in pretend game on the playground, but instead of planets, um, we were like the Sailor Scouts of chocolate because we loved chocolate and sweets so much. <laughs> like different chocolates? Yeah. Um, and then there was like, we had to battle the evil forces of vanilla. Wait, so which chocolate were you? I don't remember. But I do remember that there was a tuxedo mask-esque character. Um, except, and I guess it was maybe one of the seasons where he was like on the evil side or like, you uh-huh. know, kind of in, in like his... Uh, his alliances were ambiguous. Right. So he was French vanilla. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's like some really advanced uh, kind of like transposing of <laughs> the Sailor Moon uh, character. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think, I don't know, kids are like the coolest and yeah. I wish I was better with them because they come up with the best shit. Yeah, um, I had I had playground. I mean, we played like stuff, but I don't think. Yeah, we like when we there we had like a Captain Planet thing when I was in kindergarten. And yeah, then, like uh, we had this other thing called like White Cat, Black Cat, and it was about like chasing after ghosts on scooters. I don't even. I don't know. <gasps> what? <laughs> that sounds I know. so cool. Yeah. I remember nothing about it except I wish that I could. You know, I would watch that anime so hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, again, I just wish uh, that I still I wish that I still had that much imagination. Yeah. Um, I recently found like a bunch of my art that I had made as a kid because uh, my mom kept it all, and some of it yeah. is just it's like it's my favorite art I've ever produced. Um. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I found like the first comics I ever made when I was nine or seven. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, hilarious. I mean, they're not good. They're bad. (laughs) They're very bad. Like, they're not even, like, as a joke good. Some of them, some of my writing, my short stories are, like, amazing from when I was, like, 10. There's one where it, like, describes this, like, really horrifying planet. And then at the end, like, the twist is that I'm talking about Earth the whole time. (laughs) Dun, dun. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, old, old artists. I, yeah, I've actually been talking to my friends about, like, finding old my old diaries from high school and middle school and, uh, yeah, um, because I've been listening to this podcast called Mortified, where adults read out loud, like, their diaries from when they were teenagers. Oh, my God. And it's hilarious. And also when they read, um, they read, like, other stuff they wrote when they were kids. So, like, this one woman reads aloud this erotica she wrote when she was 12. <laughs> it's, like absolutely the most hilarious thing and I wish that I still had the erotica that I wrote when I was 12 but I know for a fact that I destroyed it all (laughs) I still have stories on fanfiction.net that I wrote when I was 12 are you serious like are they findable see I deleted all mine I don't know the password so I can't delete (laughs) mine 
Um, <laughs> if you know the right things to search for, then yes, they are findable. Which fandoms are they? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> okay. I wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show fan fiction in the year 2001. Interesting. I feel like, is there even like anything that like doesn't leave anything to the imagination? It like, sure doesn't. What is, <laughs> what is left to write fan fiction about? Space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess you could like continue. Alien it. cultures. Yeah. That makes sense. Royal palaces. <laughs> um, in space. In sexy space. I don't know. You know. I think I also wrote uh, like a, a Lizzie McGuire fanfic as a joke. Yeah, I did like a crossover fanfic with like lots of like video game characters, um, but like like from different Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. that was supposed to be like a comedy. And I think also like SpongeBob was in it. This was like two thousand one, um, and. There was like there were like NPCs from like Final Fantasy VII like who I thought were funny like in this fanfic, um, but then I deleted it because I, I knew I knew <laughs> I knew the future me would not want it out there. Well, that was wise of you, I guess. She was right, past me. Yeah, I think I wrote. Um, I don't know if I wrote fic about like. I, I definitely did Harry Potter fan art, like slash art, uh, in my classes, in my notebooks. Um, like, I have, like, I, I distinctly remember this, like, very painstaking uh, drawing of the Marauders, like, in high school, like, just looking cool and being in love with each other. And just working on that for, like, a week. That's, I mean, I would hang that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, the thing, the Harry Potter, I mean, it's a good, it's a good segue because like my first experience of fan fiction, like, well, there were two, like one of them was like Final Fantasy IX stuff because that was like the thing that I loved the most in 2001 um, on this planet. But the other one was Harry Potter fan fiction, which I read like, you know, quote unquote, like as a joke. Um, and I remember this first, like I had this huge crush on Draco Malfoy from before the movies, but like when, cause I always have a crush on the villain, like all my right. crushes. So like my other, like my other crush at the time, I mean, I had a crush on like Princess Garnet from Final Fantasy nine, but I didn't know that's what it was. So I just thought that like, I just really wanted to be her. Um, but then I had a crush on Kuja, the like androgynous villain from Final Fantasy nine also. Um, and I used to carry around his picture in my wallet, oh like my literally, God. like a printout on like the, the like inkjet printer in my house. I like printed out a picture of like a screen cap from one of the like CG sequences in the game and like carried it around in my wallet and would look at it like he was my actual boyfriend or more like my grandchild. That's um, so cute. Oh my God. I, I, I made like, um, like a shrine to him on the internet. That was how I like learned html um and then i like printed out stickers of like my shrines logo and like put them on my like organizer where i would draw like princess garnet during class (laughs) Um, but 
I also had a crush on Draco Malfoy. And uh, the first like fan fiction I got into and like thought was so funny because it was bad, but also I read it repeatedly, was um, it was called Harry Who's Under the Blanket. And the answer to who was under the blanket was Draco Malfoy. So like my first, that was like my first exposure to like Harry slash Draco, which as you know, and as many of my internet friends know, is a very important canonical relationship. Oh yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you on this one. No, no, Also, no. I just wanted to say how excited I am that it's only episode two and my crush podcast is already getting into shipping because so much of my like fictional crushes have to do with like not just me having a crush on this one character, but me being like, okay, since I can't have you, um, you're going to be with this other character who's either like me or I have a crush on or both. Right. Um, well, it's like a stand-in. It's like you want to see a romance realized. Like maybe it's like it's – there's probably like a lot of projection where like you can be like – like for Harry, like I don't really care about Harry Potter. Yeah. Like he's like he's fine for like a fantasy protagonist, whatever. But, like, in the Harry slash Draco, like, their, their uh, like, rapport is, like, I can easily, like, project myself into Harry's, like, position. And, like, then just be like, okay. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but I also, like, I don't know. Like, there's something, like, what is it? What is it about shipping? Like, why do people get so obsessive about it, including me? Oh my god, that's like the biggest question I'm, I'm so sorry. not prepared for. I'm no, sorry. it's a good question. I mean, who is, nobody is prepared for that question. Like, um, I mean, for me, actually, I think my history of shipping it tends to be like I have a crush on two people and I have a crush on their relationship and I just like want to watch it happen and maybe like come over sometimes and just like yeah. know them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, I mean, that's like, I mean, Usagi and Ray, I think like are... I mean, in the anime, like, it's just, like, I haven't watched the whole anime, and I'm so invested in, like, uh, in Mars Venus that, like, uh, that I don't want Usagi and Ray to be together because it gets in the way of my plans. But I do agree that they have, like, a really good, um, like, adversarial flirty relationship. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. good. It's, I mean, they're, like, they're super adorable at each other okay well since we're back here now I'm <laughs> I don't even know my, my case yeah okay go ahead okay so um the way I see like the trajectory of Sailor Moon mm-hmm. the anime mm-hmm. is that you know here's this character who's like just kind of goofy and doesn't want to do anything and is basically a lot like me um but also a lot like you know just kind of a lot of people, yeah. Uh, particularly, you know, fourteen-year-old girls who don't want to get out of bed and go to school or do their homework, and they just want to like hang out and play video games and take naps and eat sweets, yeah. Um, read and comics and laugh at them while their friends are planning important missions. Exactly, yeah, and pet cats and stuff. Yep. Um, and she just like starts collecting girlfriends. Yes. Um. So Ray, well, uh, you know, Ray and Ami are her first two girlfriends and then they have this like beautiful triad for a little while um 
Oh, Ami is so boring though. Oh my god, I know so that I'm wrong. like the only person in the world who thinks that, but I don't get like why people like her. She's so boring. Her moves are so dumb. Okay, you know what? <laughs> she doesn't even like get a move upgrade for like a hundred episodes, and like everyone else does. And her moves are all like debuffs. <laughs> like she's that party in your character who's like a green mage, and you're like, I'm never gonna use your moves. Like, why are you here? Well, Elizabeth, <laughs> I wasn't expecting, we're only like 20 minutes into this call, but I already have an explanation for why you don't like her. It's because you're an Aries. I am she's an Aries. a Virgo. Yeah. Okay. And really? y'all are like Is opposites. Because okay, you're all like, I'm going to go do stuff. I'm an Aries. I'm wild. And uh, Virgos are like, wait, I'm really conservative. And like, I need to get all these details right. Yeah, that is, like, not – that is, like, my opposite of the person I want to be around. <laughs> Just, like, thinking about it irritates me. <laughs> okay, but I watched my favorite Ami episode last night to prepare for this okay. debate. Okay. Um, I don't uh, – Ami is not – she is probably one of my least – she's probably my least favorite of the of the Sailor Scouts. Okay. But I also relate to her maybe more than all of the other ones. Okay. Because, like, have you seen the Labyrinth of Water episode where it's in uh, Sailor Moon S? Is that, the, that comes after Sailor Moon R. Yeah. Right? Then no, because I've watched. It's the one where um, Neptune challenges her to these, like, swimming races. Okay. Okay, well, Sailor Moon was, S. I wonder if there was, like, a, I, I don't remember if it happened in the comic also. Well, in Sailor Moon S, basically, like, how it's structured is um, the villains are looking into people's pure hearts to see, to find these, like, talismans or something. Um, Everybody, so they're going after people who have pure hearts. And, of course, each one of the inner senshi, or the main Sailor Scouts, have their own little episodes. But at the same time, as the villains are looking for these things, um, the Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus... Right. Um, Michiru and Haruka, who are the, like, the big canonical gay couple of Sailor Moon. Yes. Um, and they're older also. Yes. And super hot and awesome. So hot and awesome. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my God. Just like, like, I want to be and make out with both of them somehow at the same time. Like, I want all of those things to happen. <laughs> Like, I don't even know. Like, thinking about them is just confusing to me. <laughs> Basically, like, the, what's great about that season, though, which I highly recommend watching, um, mm-hmm. I think that's also, that season is the same guy who did Utena, um, is that that is the inner senshi's exact response to them. Well, yeah, that's how it is in the comic, too. Like, yeah. like uh, when they meet, like, Usagi and Mamoru are, like, in one of their steady dating phases. Mm-hmm. And when Usagi and um, which one is which? Uranus is, is Haruka. Okay. So when Haruka and Usagi meet for the first time, Haruka kisses her on the lips. And Usagi like is super into it and like doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my it's god. It's so great. <laughs> And then she's like, maybe Mamoru won't be mad because it was a girl. <laughs> like in every anime ever. Oh, God. <laughs> but we're both girls. 
Um, <coughs> okay, so in the anime, basically, there's this like arc of episodes where each of the each of the main Sailor Scouts gets her own little episode and her own little experiences with Haruka and Michiru. Um, where they are, where like that's and and it's the episode where she's you know where that Sailor Scout is getting targeted for maybe having the whatever in her pure heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it ends up being is like, um, so in the one with Ami, Labyrinth of Water, like she kind of goes off and is having a crisis because everybody just thinks that she's just smart and that there's nothing else to her than that. Mm-hmm. Which like, I don't know, I relate to a yeah, lot. Yeah, I guess like, that's actually, that's fair. Yeah. Um, like as somebody who was a really smart kid, uh, and who all basically, that was the only thing that anyone ever saw about me was that I was a smart kid and good at school, mm-hmm. even though like my interests were all artistic, mm-hmm. um, that that sucked. And yeah, then I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. And then losing that when I stopped being good at school and my like various cognitive shit kind of got in the way of me appearing as smart as I am or whatever, um, kind of losing this entire sense of self. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I project my, a lot of myself onto Ami. Uh, but she like has this thing where she goes off and she's going swimming and um, Haruka and Michiru are there. Uh, Michiru is also swimming and like the most ridiculous, like she's a bow in her hair to swim laps and she has all these ruffles on her swimsuit <laughs> and she's just like the highest high femme of ever. Um, and she's just like, hey, let's race. (laughs) And, um, Haruka's like watching with her shoes off from the diving board, but still in her school uniform. Uh. And it's just like, it's the fucking hottest thing. Um, it's, I mean, I think that it's, I'm imagining like our ships, like Usagi Rei and Rei and Mina as like, existing in parallel you like the parallel universes of like the anime and the comics i think they're both super legit and both canonical totally yeah in their own like realities well i mean i have like a really specific like imagining of sailor moon romances in the anime um that i then created in the sims 3 um oh my god that's so cool I mean, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's awesome. No, I think cool is the right word, but let's go with cool. Um, So here's what it is. So like I said before, it starts out with the Rei, Ami, Usagi uh, triad. Right. And then you get um, Makoto, Sailor Jupiter. um, And then you get Minako, Sailor Venus, who I love. I love Sailor Venus. Um, Just want to put that out there that I like. I don't want, I want to dispel any possible rumors that might come of this that I'm some like <laughs> anti Sailor Venus person. Oh, she's excellent. Yeah. And also, like, the Sailor V manga is really cool. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But so that's the five of them, and they're like the main OT5 beautifulness. Right. Then Haruka and Michiru show up. Um, so that's Sailor Uranus and Sailor uh, Neptune, who are a beautiful couple. Um, And they just kind of like, one by one, examine these five girls to make sure that they're like, sufficiently awesome and gay and uh, (laughs) pure at heart. 
um, which is what happens in the season three of Sailor Moon. Um, <laughs> and all five of them just like completely fall in love with the two, like the two older girls. Um, and so they kind of join in. But then there's this whole fucking bullshit thing where there's another Sailor Scout who's Usagi's daughter from the future. Yep. So she needs a girlfriend too. But she can't have the same girlfriend as her mom because that's gross. But in the comic, she does. She steals her dad and tries to date him. That yeah, she does that a little bit in, in the anime too. Um, <laughs> it's really fucked up. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Um, There's nothing to say. It's, it's, but then you get Sailor. Um, what is Hotaru? What is her planet? She's uh, Pluto. No, she's, no. um, she's, what's the other one? Wait. What are all the planets in the solar system? <laughs> Do Come we on. know what all the planets are? Uh, okay. <laughs> Saturn, Saturn. Sailor Saturn, yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, then there's this other Sailor Scout who's introduced, Sailor Saturn, who's younger, and she can be Chibi Usa's girlfriend. I, it's like, basically, it, it, they basically are. No, they are, yeah. Yeah. I mean in the in the comic. Oh yeah? Like Chibiusa, I mean they say like good friends, but they're like in love with each other for sure. Yeah. At least Chibiusa is in love with her. Yeah. And I mean there's still an age difference dealy, so they're not like because Chibius is still like a tiny child. So they're not I don't think they're like they're there yet, but there's a lot of like weird stuff with time in yeah. Sailor Moon. Um, listeners, I actually, I literally have this like stuffed animal, um, behind the microphone. So I remember to address people who don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) So I'm looking at this like adorable round werewolf plush and being like, listeners, let me tell you about time travel in Sailor Moon. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's all this weird shit with like. We're in love in the future, but now there's a weird age difference, so we're just kind of sitting here. Yeah, and the idea is that, like, <clears throat> all the main characters are, like, somewhat immortal. Yeah. Um, and, like, even the ones that, like, even the ones that die, like, come back as, like, themselves. Yeah. Just reincarnated. So, like, there, then there's, like, the future place that's, like, a thousand years in the future or whatever, and everyone is still like exactly the same except also like the family structures make more sense. Yeah. What, like uh, is it Neo Crystal Tokyo? Yeah. Yeah. Um no, Sailor Moon is is super confusing. Um but yes. But I'm glad that we have agreed that both of our ships can work. Oh, they totally do because it's like this <laughs> side by side. It's this whole like the Sailor Scout system is just this, like, massive poly, like, thing. Oh, it's true. It's so good. <laughs> like, the, the other Sailor Scouts, they're literally, they're like, yeah, our lives are just to serve our queen, Sailor Moon. Yep. Yep. It's great. Friendship and love and girls forever. Yep. We just love each other so much. We don't need anyone else. We're just going to live here on the moon serving our bestie. Yes. Okay, so we've closed the book on Sailor Moon. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad, like, I need a gavel to just be like, (laughs) it's gay. Okay. (laughs) I think in 
general, you need that gavel. Like, just put things in. gavel? Yeah. Just come in, like, excuse me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so when I was, so when we were talking about <clears throat> um, Harry and Draco the other day, or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, in a fit of obsession late at night, I did a Google search for, like, the terms, like, proof that Harry slash Draco is canonical or something. And there isn't like a, like that information like in one place on the internet. There's no master post? No. Like there's there is one from like from like before the seventh book came or before the sixth book came out. Because like that and the sixth book is like essential to the Harry slash Draco. I mean especially from the Harry end. Because in the, yeah. like before He's then, literally obsessed with Draco for the whole book. Yeah, because before then, it's like it's very clear that you know Draco is obsessed with Harry. Yeah, because um, there's that is it, is it Chamber of Secrets um, where Draco is just like talking, talking, talking about Harry, and his dad's like, "All you ever do is talk about Harry Potter. Please stop." Probably. I think that's Chamber. I of mean, Secrets. there's I think there's like more than one book where that happens. That's like probably he, true, yeah. He's obsessed with Harry. And, like, I, but, and, and then in, uh, was it in book five? I don't remember, but one of them where, um, Draco, like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is that in book six, Harry is obsessed with Draco the whole time. Like, he's so obsessed with Draco that, that, um, that his friends repeatedly say, you are obsessed with Draco, and also, like, get mad at him because he won't shut up about Draco. Of course, it's because he thinks Draco is evil and, like, working for Voldemort. But... Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, but, like, he, he, like, takes off from, like... He's, like, late to a Quidditch game when he's captain, like, to follow Draco. Um, and then there's the Sectumsempra scene, which, Oof. I mean, is, like, so hot. I said that on Twitter and people got mad at me. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> But it is. If you can't take the heat, <laughs> get out of the kitchen. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but using the, like, bleeding spell on Draco is, like, the hottest thing that Harry has done. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's, and it's, then so, in, it's totally hot. And then in book seven, Harry saves Draco's life three times. And at the end, and also there's this whole part where... <laughs> Where Draco, where like Harry goes back to save Draco in the room of requirement when everything is on fire and like lifts him and like Draco is like riding on the broom behind Harry and there's this whole like all this language about like how how hard like he's grasping Harry's body and like screaming in his ear. Oh my god. It's like, I don't know. I mean, do you think do you, do you think Jenny Rowling like did it on purpose? I can't, I can't. even speak to her. She <laughs> like the number of retcons that she does on her own shit. It's true. She she is like the worst of us in terms of like she 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 doesn't even keep to her own canon. She's like, it's out of my hands now, but I'm mad at the things that I did five years ago. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I always meant it to be this way. Like, but you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not up at night being mad at J.K. Rowling. Um, but I, I do take everything she says with like heaps of salt. I wish that she would. I mean, I don't think she'll ever admit like 
that Draco and Harry are meant to be together, but like I don't need her to admit that to know that it's true. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would like why wouldn't like I mean I'm just I'm still mad at like Lupin and Tonks getting married. I'm just like <laughs> but like it was you like I didn't for some reason maybe it was because I read it as a kid and like I never like saw the uh, the gay allegory of Lupin being a werewolf until you talked about it on Twitter. <clears throat> um, and so now I'm like even more angry about Lupin Tonks. Yeah, they're just, but you know what? So maybe, you know, it was difficult times. Uh, clearly being, you know, non-heterosexual in the wizarding world is tougher than one would expect. Um, which is why everyone is in the closet. Um, <laughs> it's tougher than you might expect, but also more common. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's, it's my expectations of non-heterosexuality are pretty much like I'm, I'm shocked in real life and in fiction when I encounter a person or character who I genuinely believe to be a real heterosexual. I wish that that were my, I wish that I could go through life like that. I mean, I do. It sounds beautiful and wonderful. I mean, I learned how to do this like from my mom who like, would just kind of sit with me watching things and like point out when things were kind of gay. Um, also, she showed me Bound, the movie Bound. Oh shit! I recently watched that. <laughs> I was I watched that like before puberty. Damn. With my mother. <laughs> oh my god. Who incidentally thanks mom for your Patreon support. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that uh, explains a lot about you. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, I'm very like, I'm very fortunate and privileged, um, to have been like, to have the parents that I do, um, cause they're pretty chill. Um, I am too. I, I also have extremely chill parents. Uh, but I've been, I've hit on too many straight girls to, uh, have such an optimistic view of the world. But the thing is, I have two. Mm-hmm. But this thing is, every time, I'm just flabbergasted that they're straight. See, I, like, I started off that way. But then now, but now I've been, like, deadened by the world. Oh, that's <laughs> the saddest story. It's so sad. No, I mean, if, I mean, I could, it could come back, like, the, the magic of, of the way you see the world. It's very deep within me. <laughs> I mean, it just, even when that happens, I'm like, you know what? It's just, maybe it's just, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. That's fine. Um, or, you know, maybe I I refuse to think of it that way. I I, I mean, of course, like, I, like, no, it's not me. It's gotta be be because they're not interested in, in even like any one of my gender. (laughs) That's how I twist it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. You also maybe are everyone's cup of tea. So... Uh, I mean, I'm not, but, okay, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's this mixture of like, it's, it's like which direction we choose to be optimistic about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like you choose to be optimistic about the entire world. (laughs) I do. (laughs) But to be fair, I am becoming a therapist. So that's a good outlook to have. Yeah. Uh, I want you to be my therapist. I mean, obviously you can't, but. That would be, imagine like having you 
Like, imagine, like, going into a therapist's office and it's nude. Like, that would be, like, the best thing ever. I have all these, like, really stupid fantasies about what my office is going to be like. And sometimes I just like to shitpost in my own head about it. And just be like, yeah, I'm going to get so many Love Live scrolls. And I'm just going to go Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm going to have, like, a sweet remote control set up in case, like, I see kids. Um... So, like, when their parents are, are coming in, they, like, think it's this, this like, reasonable person's office. Oh and then, god. like, they leave. And I'm like, welcome to anime hell. You need to have, oh, my god. You need to have, like, everything have, like, like two sides. <laughs> like, on the back, it's just, like, wood grain. <laughs> I mean, my, um, my therapist who I, uh, who I saw... I still see, um, since I was 13, uh, she's actually, like, a major fangirl. Awesome. Um, like, Stargate is in her Skype handle. (laughs) And, like, it's, we have, like, trouble staying on task sometimes in sessions because we'll get into arguments about, like, Star Trek stuff. My God. That's so awesome. Ah, I feel like this whole, like, someone could do, like, a super cut of me saying that's so awesome on this podcast. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> I'm I just so impressed <laughs> with your glamorous lifestyle. <laughs> oh man, my glamorous lifestyle. Hey, I'm still in the shorts I was wearing on Halloween. <laughs> I'm so impressed by your glamorous lifestyle, Lizzie. <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> like you've been in my car. You've seen the trash life I live. It's true, but it's so on brand. That's true. It is. I mean, your real live last name is Trashy. That's true. That is my real life legal last name. So I assume that like you drive around in a car that is Trashy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, well, this is the, also the second. I'm glad that we're. I'm now. We are now two for two on Heart Eyes um, for talking about how my car is full of trash. Oh yeah, that's where I heard about about how you looked <laughs> like. A cooler of food in your car for like. It wasn't food. It was please. I'm not that disgusting. It was empty beer cans. Oh, that's not that bad. And melted ice. That's not as bad as I was picturing. It was just wet trash. <laughs> wasn't that bad? I'm slightly less impressed. By well, your, your so brand. sorry. I'll try and do better next time. Please put more perishable trash in your car. I mean, I think there's a bag of Doritos in the back seat. From open April. or closed? Open or closed? Open. Okay. Alright. From April, yeah. I should get rid of that, maybe. I don't like bugs. They're gross. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's my, my uh, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I did not have a crush on Draco. Um, I didn't get the Draco thing until I don't remember which movie it was where in the trailer and also in the movie itself, they have him like making an origami thing and then like blowing it across the classroom. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what did it for you? No, it, it's not what did it for me. Will you just hold your horses, Elizabeth? <laughs> Will you just... Oh my... Yes. Wow. I will reserve judgment. Yeah, please. Your origami fetish. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> someone had like made an on live journal when that trailer came out somebody had like made a gif of that and then like edited it to make it look like or maybe he did send it to harry actually yeah he did for some reason i don't remember because they love each other that is yeah i mean obviously 
That's the reason. Oh, now I'm angry again. <laughs> I'm so into Harry slash Draco that like it makes me super angry. The the like Sailor Moon stuff doesn't make me angry because it's canonical. Like it's like legitimate. I mean, obviously, like because because clearly it was intended. Yeah. Like, but or at least and at least the interpretations were intended. But like the Draco Harry stuff, it's like there's just so much untapped potential. But apparently not enough because like I still can't find like fanfic that adheres to my high standards. I hate, that's really rough though when fanfic doesn't adhere to high standards. That's my life story pretty much. Well, it's like it's a hard. It's like I don't want to. It's like not the same if I write it. Like it needs to exist elsewhere. Yeah. And then I mean there was that one that we read where it like seemed like it was gonna be really good, but then like the peak of like sex stuff in it was like a blowjob. Like, Which one? Was that the one on. I sent you? Yeah. I liked like that one. It was one. good, but like, it, we, I mean, we discussed this on Twitter, but like, we both felt that it should have gone on for like, yeah, it should have. Chapters. It should have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when I was, uh, when I was in there, I didn't really start interacting with fandom aside from that brief stint in the Rocky Horror fandom, which was my first introduction to fandom, and I did write fanfic for it. Uh, after that, I stopped because I discovered that fan fiction was uncool. Yes. Um, so I only read it ironically um, and didn't interact with it very much, except like very, very much in secret. But, oh, yeah. That was like, I mean, that was my, my porn when I was younger. Yeah. So that <laughs> porn when I was younger was just porn. I Well, no, because I couldn't. It had to be like it had. There had to be plausible deniability. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. And fan fiction was really good for that, especially like if someone walks in behind you, you can just like close the window and no one will question it. Just like, oh, you were just reading. <laughs> How to trick parents in two thousand one. I literally am just. I just did a Google search or a YouTube search for Draco Malfoy origami. And the first result is is Draco Malfoy a werewolf, which <laughs> is one of these fucking like yeah that's a fan theory. I see that's one of the reasons why I could never really get deep, even even like uh, when I tried to get into it later, um, get too deep into the Harry Potter fandom stuff. As much as but like as much as I do love Harry Potter and have loved it and have like. You know, I, I went to the fucking midnight release parties yeah. for all the books. Like, yeah. Um, I but, have a tattoo of Expelliarmus on my arm. Okay, yeah, you win. That, <laughs> you win there. Um, but, like, the number of fucking over-convoluted headcanons. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm actually not super into any fandom, per se. Like, I didn't, uh, I mean, I didn't even know, like, what shipping quote unquote like was until like last year, even though I've been doing it since I was a little kid. Um, but like, uh, I don't know, like I, like I like looking at fan art, um, but I've never like really gotten into like the whole, like all the intricacies of like what it is to be a fan yeah. of things. Um, so yeah, I've never, so like I didn't know about like a lot of these elaborate headcanon fan theories for Harry Potter until like the toast did that right up of the like dumb like Ron is a time traveling Dumbledore theory. What? 
Oh my god, it's so good. I'll send it to you. Okay, I mean, cool. Well, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah actually. Exactly. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, along with this exquisite gift of Draco Malfoy blowing his, uh, blowing an or a delicately made and delicately charmed origami crane to uh, his nemesis Harry Potter. Er, look at that! I sent you this beautiful crane I made and enchanted to fly to you beautifully. Also, that was maybe the first one where they stopped slicking his hair back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like seeing this gift that I'm currently looking at over and over yeah, again. Yeah, now I'm looking at it too. I found it. <laughs> well, it's just like that was when I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, you get that they're like in love and meant to be together. But I also like I get the appeal of this because I, I when I was even reading the books like as a kid, and this says a lot about me and – in stuff that like I can go into with my therapist and not on this podcast for everyone to hear. But uh, yeah, I was not, I did not find the like, um, I did not have any crushes on any of the like children characters. Mm -hmm. I, the child me was supposed to have crushes on. I had crushes on like the teachers and adults. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was like the first time that, because I actually, I had like a really big crush on Lupin uh, when I read the third book. Um, which is why I like got really like into the Marauders stuff and like, you know, will do I have feelings still about Sirius and Remus and James? I mean, how could you not? How could I not? How could anyone not? Speaking of the word not, um, (laughs) that reminds me of a a story I read recently um, about nodding and those three lovely boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does it have to yeah i'm not i mean it, i i don't even have to ask because right they're all they, yep yep um so i don't know yeah, put yeah, that in the know. show notes too why, why yeah, oh yeah that? that's going in the show notes <laughs> don't you worry um yeah it's pretty good i think like peter walks in at the end being like what's going on guys <laughs> Like, you're not included in this. Yeah. You're the worst animal. <laughs> One, you're a rat. And two, you turn into a bad person later. So you don't get to have sex in the past, ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, tried to dip back into Harry Potter stuff and, like, looked up some Harry Potter things that were on AO3. Um, and what were, like, the... I mean, because I'm all about sad porn and, like you know, tragic irony and shit. Uh, I got really into like Harry uh, slash Tom Riddle. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I could, I mean, send me, send me good ones because. I'll find a good one or two. You mean like young Tom Riddle? Yeah. Yeah. Young Tom Riddle is, I was so mad because in the movies, like the second, in the second movie, young Tom Riddle is like perfectly cast but then they change his casting in movie six well don't they have like a tiny child well they have no 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 when he's a teenager oh like uh, they have they cast high school Tom Riddle as a different actor oh yeah yeah and he's not perfectly cast anymore and well the other one grew up so he couldn't be teen Tom anymore yeah but but they don't care about the fact that like James and Lily are like 50 in the movies. That's and true. In real life, they died when they were 21. That's true. So, so there. So, there, also, like, right. can we just have a moment 
like of silence for the epilogue in the seventh movie because Draco's beard is like a real travesty and I just need to acknowledge that as okay. a sign. Let's do a moment of silence. I'm gonna uh let's it's about to be at thirty seconds. And then uh, when the minute's over, we can be quiet. I mean, we can talk again. So it's moment of silence right now. Okay. Okay, I actually deemed 30 seconds to be too long a moment of silence <laughs> for uh, Draco Malfoy's unfortunate beard. beard. For Draco's future beard. Yeah, no, I think that was that was really good. Um, yeah, I yeah. But I mean, they totally fuck, right? At the train station after they send their kids to school. They eye fuck in the movie. I know they eye fuck in the why movie. Why do they even look like, why even include Draco in that? Because it's insinu- it's he- heavily, in- he- you know, heavily insinuated that they go to the magical hidden sex bathroom at the station afterwards. There are so many magical hidden sex bathrooms in. I know that just occurred to me podcast just about that I mean there's like a whole plot point about a magical sex bathroom in book four where like (laughs) I mean there is where like Harry goes like Cedric like gives Harry the key to his like secret bathroom and Harry goes and then like um and then uh moaning Myrtle is like watching him get undressed oh yeah I, I remember that scene well yeah Everything I know pretty much about being a person, I learned from Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good. She's a hero to us all. She also has a crush on Draco Malfoy. She does. Yeah, she knows what's up. I mean, yeah. Moaning Myrtle probably has written the best Harry Draco slash Oh my god. Now of I'm anyone. Just, like, super mad that that doesn't exist. Ah, oh, all right. We we should We should write that. We finish our DK guide to sex. We should do a zine of Harry Draco slash as written by Mona Myrtle. Oh, that would be an amazing zine, actually, of just, like, um, different fanfic, different, like, art and writing as done by Mona Myrtle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, well, that's happening after uh, the Donkey Kong sex guide. (laughs) We have the best zine ideas. We really do. Um, Oh, my God, that's a really good idea. (laughs) Fuck. Yay. And she's been around for all of them, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. But I I was just just thinking, like, you know, in terms of magical sex bathrooms, like, (laughs) first of all, magic. What magic would do to, like, glory holes? Oh, my God. You don't even have to be in the same place. Oh, my God. Like a vanishing cabinet, but a glory hole. Like a vanishing cabinet or um, flu powder. And then you have, like, the added, like, warmth effect. Yeah. Like, there's so many possibilities <clears throat> for, you know, I mean, and just the room of requirement. How many times has someone fucked in? Have people fucked oh in God. there? Oh, my God. I know, right? Thousands of times. <sighs> I'm sure there's definitely fic about I'm just, that. Now I'm just thinking. I mean, I'm just, now I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, daydreaming about Harry and Draco in the room of requirement. <laughs> like, what if Harry had managed to get in? Okay, hold on. Harry, Draco, room of requirement. It's probably all going to be. Oh, fanfiction.net, the room of requirement, chapter one, a Harry Potter fanfic. What is it rated? It's rated M. Okay, that goes well. Um, complete, I think. 
DMHP slash Harry finds himself in the room of requirement for no apparent reason. But wait, there is a reason. And that reason starts with D. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm really excited about this. I'm smiling so big. (laughs) This is also just like, okay, I'm just going to start reading a little bit of this. Prologue. Draco Malfoy, despite all outward appearances, did not hate Harry Potter. In fact, he was quite obsessed with the boy. Jesus. Yeah, I mean... Since the Triwizard Tournament, when Draco and Harry were in their fourth year at Hogwarts, Draco had been having (laughs) odd feelings towards Harry. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, this is... Odd feelings. This is just really detailed... Uh, like a recap of the book. Um, Unfortunate. How many car- how many chapters is it? It is uh, two chapters. What? It's only three thousand okay. words. Whatever. It's still going in the show notes. <laughs> I mean, I still have this like hundred thousand word fanfic open in a window that I haven't read yet. Obviously, because it's super long. But it's, I think I sent it to you. Um, but it's that I found by, uh, oh my gosh, it's about a magical sex bathroom even. So appropriate. Oh my God. It's called Bursting Bubbles. And the, the, uh, the summary is Harry and Draco grow closer during bath time. Yeah. You did send that to me. Uh, it is also open in one of my tabs. (laughs) It's 38 chapters long listeners. So <laughs> I'm 38 chapters long. I'm usually down with, but 38 oh, no, chapters no, no. long plus it's on fanfiction.net. I'm I'm always a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna be a little, you know, worried. Yeah. But I will read it. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some. It's got some writing going on. I mean. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like like one time I recently tried to read some like. Korosami slash fic and that was quite interesting yeah I believe at one point uh, Asami's boobs were referred to as milky orbs (laughs) milky orbs (laughs) the hottest way to refer to boobs I've ever heard of wow yeah I mean there's there's all these like cliches I don't read a lot of uh, um I mean, I mostly read, like, slash about boys. Um, <laughs> so uh, all the cliches I know are from that stuff. But, like, referring to butt cheeks as globes. Um, <laughs> you know. It's like I, there was so – I was writing something, and I found myself writing, like, snapping his hips. And I was like, fuck. Snapping hips is, is like, is a fanfic thing. That is a, oh. a fanfic descriptor. Um but, like, the thing I, I complain about the most, actually, um, that I run into the most in the fandoms I, I read, um, I guess most of the stuff I read is tends to be written by, like, college students and grad students, um, like, fantasizing about what, like, well-to-do adults do. Okay. So there's ends up being a lot of, like, sexy... Uh, crudite feeding. So like, ooh, we're in the kitchen. Here's some uh, sliced vegetables that I have because we're very fancy and drinking white wine. That's not sexy. 
<clears throat> and I'm like, Cel- celery strings. Yeah. Or like cheese and crackers. That's what adults do. That's what adults do. Yeah. Sexy. That like when Magneto and Professor X are at home. Let me tell you, it's just cheese and crackers nonstop. Oh, now I want cheese and crackers. And little cherry tomatoes and hummus. <laughs> and that is the extent Sounds of their sex good. life. Yeah. And just, I, I don't know. It's fine the first 10 times. Um, but then it's, you're, you know, it's the 20th time you're reading it and you're like, fuck this and Xing out. Like, I have. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, what this is teaching me is that I just need to read more fan fiction <laughs> as an adult. I mean, uh, I have some, I have some, you know, let me know what, what fandoms you want to read. Um, I have I love my archive of our own account. I have a long list of bookmarks. Um, I cry at fanfic regularly. Okay. I'm proud of that. Oh, that's good. I don't cry at like much of anything. Yeah. I cried at a gum commercial yesterday, so. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. I mean, it was a very emotional gum commercial. I mean, I cried at the end of, I mean, like, I cried, like, at the end of Harry Potter, like, the books, mm-hmm. not the movies, and uh, I cried at the end of Legend of Korra, and I cried during, like, two video games, and that's, like, the grand total of things I've cried at. Wow. I know. It's, like, a sad life I lead, or, like, a not sad yeah. life I lead. <laughs> I mean, I'm super emotional, um, and crying pretty much constantly, uh, I actually, like, um, my friend, you know, Amanda Cosmos? Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, my fucking hero. And when she tells me to consume a media, I tend to drop everything and consume media. Oh, yeah, same. She's one of my, my, like, trusted anime curators. Yeah. Senpais. Yes, she's Um, such a senpai. Uh, Yeah, actually, like, Kamisama Kiss season two made me cry. Actually, a lot of anime makes me cry, to be honest. I haven't finished Kamisama Kiss season two. Um, Oh, it's so good. There's so many. Like, Kamisama Kiss season one, there were already so many cute people who I wanted to kiss. Yeah, see, I, like, I never, like, really was, like, into anyone in Kamisama Kiss. So, like, my, well, because, like, there are no girls in it, really. Well, there's a new girl. Yeah. but, But, yeah, that's true. And, like, I'm not, like, I'm just not into, I'm, like, not into anime boys for the most part. Or non-anime boys. But, just Draco. Uh, yeah. Well, that's different because, like, it's, it's he was grandfathered in. That's true. Okay. Like, that's, like, how I have a crush on Gordon Ramsay. But, like, I've had a crush on Gordon Ramsay since I was 14. So, like, <laughs> it's fine. Sorry. No judgment. No judgment. That's He's, fine. like, the longest relationship in my life. Okay? So, let's... <laughs> That's cool. Um, <laughs> but like, um, but Kamisama Kiss season two is like, just like really beautiful story about like chosen family. Yeah. Um, and it's so good. I liked it a lot better than the first one. Cause I didn't really care. Like I wasn't really into, I mean, it's not like I was against it, but I wasn't into like the main relationship, you know, like Spanish way. Yeah. So well, I needed like something more. To- in Kamisama Kiss season one, I'm just like, I, I wept. I weep at that. Um, like her doing the, the exorcism, um, 
the exorcism dance thing with the yeah. bells and like her coming into her own and, you know, becoming like, you know, an important member of her community. And like, yep. yeah, like I have like really dorky, like community and stewardship feels about Kami Kiss. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of how, yeah, that's, I, I mean, it's it's just so good. Kamisamakis is really good. It is really good. I, good. I highly recommend it. But the snake boy demon? Yes, I love him. Love him. Who's voiced... Is he voiced by Mik- the guy who does Mikuren? Oh my gosh. In Nozaki-kun? I think he is. And that's why he's like... He was already like... Oh my god! Now I have to like watch it again. Yeah. I've seen Nozaki like five times because I keep like showing it to people and then I'll just be like I'll just sit here while you watch these same yeah (laughs) I need to have you back on so we can talk about Nozaki-kun uh yes yes I have like uh have you read like the manga I have read I have read the entire manga maybe like five or six times I haven't read any of it um the scanlations are online they're a little clunky but the official Uh, there, it's it's getting published with an official translation. Um, yep, I have the uh, I have it in my on my Amazon wish list. And that and Yamushi Petal. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm so excited for that to come out and for people to read it because I think it's funnier than the anime. Um, what? This is how? Right. Wow. I know. Um, the episode is, about dating sims like consistently makes me cry laughing. There's another thing in the manga about dating sims where they play an otome. So they play, like, one for girls, um, where everyone's a boy, like, where all the love yeah. interests are boys, and it's ev- it's all of the guys together. I just, I really love, like, all these animes that are just, like, about people, like, being friends and being nice to each other. Oh, it's so good. Did you, did you watch more Shirobako? No. Shirobako's like, I, I watched all of, after I recommended it to you, I watched all of it again from beginning to end. Um, and that's like also just like, it's about like, it's just like about people being friends and nice to each other. Like while they're like trying to navigate the world, the world's hard. And like you've watched, I mean, you've watched all of my love story. Episodes. I haven't watched all of it yet. What? I know. There's so much anime in your future. There's so much. I know. Um, yeah, I need to get back. I need to finish Shirobako because I really like that. My love story, like, I actually can't binge watch um, because that gives me so many feelings. Yeah, it's actually, like, too... It's it's too much. I agree. Like, it's really intense. But, like, it's all, like, good feelings. Oh, yeah. It's just... It's me just sitting there squealing. Yeah. And wanting to hug something because it's just yeah. the cutest shit. I and, agree. Like, a really, in a really validating way. It gives um, me, like, hope for the world because when I watch that show, I think, like, about all the things in my life that, like, I want. And I'm just, like, it could happen. Like, this could happen for me. Like, yeah. This is a relatable story. Well, I really relate to it. I mean, uh, my love story is an anime um, that came out and It's very that came out this year, right? Yep. Um, and it's about this like huge guy who's you know a first year in high school but everyone thinks he's this like big scary adult um and he has this like small cute boyfriend who all the girls like and every time the main guy likes a girl she likes the friend instead and he like saves this uh this girl on the subway from like a creepy harasser molester guy 
um, and assumes that she has fallen for his like his hot friend, but actually she she likes him. And it, everyone's just I don't know. It's just written in a really cute and sweet way. And like as that person who is bigger than everyone else now, but like walking, I, I like there's that that beginning part where they're talking about the ogres. Yeah. Um, like I remember being like 15 and waiting to get into my French class and looking at all the other kids. I'm like a head taller than them. And, you know, I have, you know, at least 50 pounds on everybody. And, and I'm like, I felt, I'm like, I feel like an ogre here. Like that was, those were the exact words that I thought of. Um, so, so yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Takeo is like such a great character and like the way that people interact with him is so good. Like they don't, I don't know, like Yamato, his, his girlfriend, um, like when she, when she introduces him to her like girlfriends, that episode. And at first they're like, they're like talking behind her back being like, can't believe like, that's the guy. Like he's so fucking weird. Um, and like, he's like, look how huge he is. Um, and then he like saves them all from literally saves them all from a burning building. Yeah. And then at the end, they're just like, we get it. Like, he's so cool. <laughs> but at the end, like where she's talking to him, to him and he's, she's like, you know, oh my God, it's so cute. She's like, you know, I think maybe I just need to explain to them like how cool you are, but like in a different way. So they get it. <laughs> It's the cutest <laughs> shit. So good. And she's like, all the characters are written so well. Yeah. And because like with shows like that, um, oftentimes like there can be one character, you know, like even if it's really good, often, oftentimes like one character will be written in kind of a shitty, sloppy, two-dimensional way. But everyone is so three-dimensional yeah. and complicated and yeah. real. Oh, and I love Suna so much Suna. like you think you're not gonna like him at the beginning but then they just do such a good job making him just <gasps> a good friend <sighs> yeah it's so good i wish we had time to like talk about all of these things i know i know we'll but yeah to- my love story watch it it's really yep. good and cute <laughs> girls monthly nozaki kun watch it yes. read it it's fantastic um Tommy kiss also that also that watch the hell out of that how your Pedal, Shirobako. <laughs> Watch a lot of anime. Watch all the anime and have all the anime feelings. Um, yeah, including Sailor Moon. Yes. <laughs> and I will. I, I'm going to check out the manga as well. Um, I have a bunch of the. I have a bunch of the volumes here somewhere. Um, they did a new. Or they did a um, like a new translation. Yeah, that's what I have. Um, yeah. Because um, I, I bought them all good. when I, I bought a bunch of them when I still had a job, uh, yeah. and then they just kind of kept coming. Yeah, I got the um, yeah. I the the short stories are also really good. The um, the Sailor Moon short story comics. There's two volumes, um, and one of them is about Luna. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best, like, short story comics I've ever read in my life. Okay, cool. I will check that out. And just, like, surprisingly amazing. And also there's, like, poly stuff in it. Cool. Yeah, it's, like, really good. It's really great. Okay, well, thanks for coming on, Elizabeth. Um, Thank you for having me. You're, like, one of my favorite people, so I'm really glad. uh, 
Yeah, and I love talking to you. Um, so where can people find you? Is there any like new work that you've done that you want to plug? I know. Um, so my main, I mean, my main thing is I'm on Twitter at Eliz Simmons, which the spelling of which will be in the show notes, I assume. Yes, um, all the links will be in the show notes. Um, and for like my work and stuff that I update, um, it's eliz.abeth.net. Um, that's like my portfolio and stuff. Um, and like links to my Tumblr are there links to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Ela Simmons. Um, it's all like, you know, all these places are all linking to each other. Um, so yeah, check out my Gumroad, which is linked to in a bunch of places for like my latest stuff. I put like two different things on there last month and there's going to be a new thing up very soon as well. Well, Yeah. The, um, the anime outfit illustrations yes i did a i recently did a like five month long study of fashion in anime um so i illustrated a bunch of outfits uh from actually a bunch of the animes we've talked about there's characters from there's outfits from kamisama kiss shirabako um my love story um and i did sailor mars but i'm gonna save her for a future edition which is gonna be just sailor mars (laughs) Because the outfits are too good. The outfits are incredible. (laughs) They're so good. (sighs) Um, But yeah, you can find all that stuff um, in, I mean, it all, you can link, it's too many links. But yeah, I'll put um, it all in. Yeah, it's all, all, I'm all over the internet. Very easy, easy to find. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Heart Eyes is recorded in Los Angeles, California by Lilzy Trashheap. We are now on both iTunes and Stitcher, so if you like the show, please give us a good review and or rating. Heart Eyes episodes and show notes can be found online at hearteyes.sexy, which is also our Tumblr. You can follow us on Twitter at hearteyes underscore cast, and please consider supporting this podcast on Patreon. The URL for that is patreon.com slash hearteyes. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next month.